Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Sunday Morning Post. Dogs by Nature Radio. From the Straight No Chaser Studios. I mean, the head coach said they're past it. You know, we're past that as a team, and you know, we're ready to go out there and play ball. You know, the guys aren't you know, rah rah. You know, we're not uh, singing our praises. You know, we're just you know, going out there one Sunday at a time, making a name for ourselves. And you know, that's, that's how the good teams do it. I mean, we're the Browns. I expect to get booed, especially when there's any fans in the stadium. So let's go out there and do it like we would against any uh, any team. You're listening to Straight Note Chaser on Dogs by Nature. Now, here's your host, my dad, Thelonious7. A very merry football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature Radio. I am your host, Thelonious7, getting you ready for your Cleveland Browns game day. Ahead on the Sunday Morning Post, we have a bit of coaches audio. We hear from both coaches ahead of this contest, and then we get you to your Brown showdown. We're going to hear from the Dogs of War, as well as at Steelers Country. But before we get to that, I wanted to start off the Sunday Morning Post with the coaching matchups. This game is the opening salvo in what should be an epic saga of battles between Kevin Stefanski and Mike Tomlin. We'll start with coaches' audio as they frame some of the narratives around this contest. I'm going to start with Brown's head coach, Kevin Stefanski. Tom, I think the guys are very well aware of what's important on Sunday to really good football teams. Uh, and I think the guys have put the uh, focus on the game uh, because it's a big one because of these two teams that are playing. So I, I don't think anything from the past is going to affect this game. The message has been back to the spring. You just have to find a way. And there will be many things thrown at you, as we've all seen in this offseason and in this season. There's going to be many things thrown at you during a game, uh, whether it comes in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. So you just got to find a way. Stefanski going to find a way or he's going to make one, as the old Roman saying goes. He's a man of few words, that's for sure. Mike Tomlin is also a man of few words. But he is certainly a master of the words that he chooses. I wanted to play a couple of clips from Steelers.com. First was from last year's presser uh, before that Thursday night game when they faced the Browns the first time last year. As we prepare for Thursday, uh, we're excited about um, AFC North Divisional play. We're excited about being a part uh, of this rivalry. We understand the environment that we're going into. Uh, We understand how important this game is to them and us. Um, It's just AFC North football. And I got a lot of respect for those guys. Um, they got talent in all areas, um, you know, with the acquisition and, and recent um, recent um, use of, of Hunt and their backfield tandem uh, with he and Nick Chubb is going to be a big challenge. And I think if you're talking about their offense, man, we better start there. Look, Chubb and Hunt are awesome, 
but ultimately I think this is shade to Baker and OBJ. What's more interesting to me is that he thought much less of this team last year. But if you listen to this year's press conference, this year he has some juice. Um, this week we're faced with a significant challenge, one that we're excited about because, man, we love being in the kitchen. And uh, AFC North ball is in the kitchen. It's hot in the north, and we got an AFC North home game against the Cleveland Browns, a team that's won four in a row. They're 4-1 and one on the season. We got a lot of respect for them and their journey and where they're at in their journey, and we're excited about, you know, the challenge that a week like this presents for us and how we manage it, how we prepare uh, how we're focused, and then ultimately how we play. First, talking about them on the defensive side of the ball, I think you start with Miles Garrett. Um, we know about his freakish talent, but he's got play to match here in 2020. Um, he's a defensive player of the year-like candidate, looking at the video. Um, you know, he's a sack fumble guy. He's a game changer. He has in, 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 in just about every game that they've played thus far. He's a guy that you have to be mindful of, not only in terms of his location, but you know, what he's doing and the quality and capability in which he can do it and, and his potential impact on the game. Uh, we just got to be really mindful of that. But he's not a one-man gang, man. They got a quality front over there with guys like Sheldon Richardson um, and even quality backup acquisitions like Claiborne, who I have a lot of respect for, a veteran former first-rounder. They Like a lot of 4-3 teams, they've got top-end talent, but they also got quality depth. Those guys provide the wave that the others ride, and they've got really good quality people riding that wave, man. They, they've acquired Carl Joseph at the safety position, a former uh, top pick from the Oakland Raiders, uh, former West Virginia Mountaineer, who I just absolutely love in, in draft prep, man. He's got a certain physicality in his play that you admire if you appreciate football. Uh, got a lot of respect for Denzel Ward and his talents and his ball hawking abilities. They're just a very well-rounded group in that front provides the way that they that they ride. They put pressure on the passer. They smash the run. Um, those things, coupled with the way they control the ball on offense, allow them to really control football games. They lead the league in turnovers. Um, and so the, the protection in, of the football is a significant component of play for us. Um, and like I mentioned, guys like, like Miles and, and, and Sheldon Richardson make that a difficult task, the protection of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, man, they – they, you know, they got some wide outs that really capture your attention in Odell and Landry, and rightfully so. Uh, but the strength of their pack is in the pack. They've got quality depth throughout all positional groups. They got quality wide outs like the ones I mentioned. They got quality tight ends. Uh, they got a, a nice free agent acquisition from Atlanta and Hooper, who is a front line volume catch guy at the tight end position. Um, they got the former uh, top pick out of Miami that's missed a couple of games from injury who is back, uh, was back this past weekend. Uh, they got a diverse attack at the tight end position. They got quality depth at the running back uh, position. Can't say enough about um, Hunt and Chubb, uh, what they've been able to do as a tandem. Obviously, Chubb is, is, is down, but um, they've got a quality running game regardless who is, of who's running the ball. Their offensive line has done an awesome job in terms of controlling a lot of scrimmage. That rookie left tackle is, is particularly impressive. He's not playing like a rookie. Uh, Conklin, that right tackle, is a is a grinder, one that we respect. Um, they just got a well-balanced attack. They're possessing the ball. They keep you off balance. They change the launch point. Baker's doing a good job of administering the offense, and, and they're playing suffocating and, and splash play 
defensive-oriented defense. So we're excited about being in a game like this. Uh, we respect it. We want to show that respect with, with detailed preparation and, and ultimately hoping that, that that takes care of us when we step into the stadium and it's time to perform on Sunday. I'd be happy to address any questions. Tomlin sounds like he has a little more pep in his step for this year's game. This one sounds like he has a little bit more juice. I mean, the way he talked about Baker Mayfield, that's the way that I might talk about someone like Duck Hodges. He spent more than a third of his time talking about one other man. <laughs> that was Miles Garrett. This might not be over for Tomlin as well. Well, Tomlin is definitely a smooth operator. How will Kevin Stefanski measure up? I, for one, can't wait for this game to start. And with that, let's turn things over to the Browns showdown. It's time for your Brown Showdown. Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m., your Cleveland Browns make the short trek to the greater Allegheny region to renew the rivalry against the catch-up-drinking towel waivers, often referred to as the Steelers. To help us break down this showdown, we've reached out to Western Pennsylvania representative Tony Serino. Hey, this is Tony Serino of AFC North Talk and Locked On Steelers. Tony, great to have you here in the Straight No Chaser studios. He can be found at Steelers Country on Twitter. And representing your Cleveland Browns is Raleigh, co-host of the Dogs of War podcast. What up, dogs by nature? I'm Raleigh, co-host of the Dogs of War podcast. Shout out Kevin, my co-host who's not here. And uh, thanks for having us on. Let's talk about them Browns, baby. (laughs) Sounds like you brought your A-game this week, and we are certainly going to need it. Raleigh and his cohort, Kevin, can be found at D-O-W Podcast on Twitter. So without any further ado, let's get into the showdown. As it is our custom, we will kick things off to our opposition and start with Tony Serino as he talks about the Steelers' offense. When I look at this matchup between the Steelers' offense and the Browns' defense, I think it comes down to one thing, and that's, and that's of course, Miles Garrett. Garrett's playing at a defensive player of the year level right now. He's been tremendous, wreaking havoc on every offense the Browns have faced thus far. And when you look at the in the, in the past at how he's matched up against Alejandro Villanueva, well, it's been a real tough test for Villanueva. And so it's likely going to mean that the Steelers are going to have to use tight ends and running backs to chip Miles Garrett. It's going to leave them open potentially to some to some blitzes, uh, maybe some free rushers in this game. It's, it's certainly a bad matchup for this Steelers offense, but they can, they can eliminate it, like I said, by using those tight ends. Vance McDonald there to chip him on the way in, leave James Conner back in protection. They can also use some of the jet motion that we've seen them use. They've done a lot of that this year. It's been a big emphasis in this Steelers offense to use more motion, and it's for one of these reasons where you have a, a dominant edge rusher like uh, like Miles Garrett, but you want him thinking about setting his edge in the running game and less so about getting to Ben Roethlisberger. And so if the Steelers can find some success in this game using Chase Claypool or Ray Ray McLeod or even Deontay Johnson in some jet sweep motion and get some get some yards on the ground that way, they may get Garrett thinking about holding his edge and not so much getting to Ben Roethlisberger. But also, let's not forget that Ben Roethlisberger right now is getting rid of the football really quickly. He's got the second lowest time to throw in the National Football League right now. And that's because this is a this is an offense predicated around him diagnosing a defense and getting rid of the football in a quick passing attack. They're a quick strike offense. Look for the Steelers to have success in this game over the middle of the field. That's where Ben has had the most his most success throughout the year, and it's where the, the Browns have been relatively weak. So Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, look for those guys to have success 
in the middle of the field. We just got the word that Deontay Johnson and David DeCastro are going to be out for the Steelers in this contest. I just asked Doc Hodges, that's definitely a blow to the Steelers' chances. But at the same time, they have the playmakers to be effective on Sunday. Let's hear how Raleigh thinks the Browns will respond to the offensive challenges that the Steelers will bring in this contest. Alrighty, defensively, the Browns struggle with injuries, uh, particularly in the secondary. Obviously, Grant Delpit is out. Safety Carl Joseph, veteran badass, also out. However, Ronnie Harrison, who had a pick six on Sunday against the Colts, it was super badass. He can drop back and play safety. However, that's only when he's playing because he has a concussion and he's out. Uh, The Scottish Hammer, our beloved punter, is questionable. If he can't play, we're probably screwed. I believe he is the heart and soul of this team. Shout out Scottish Hammer. Just kidding. But seriously, Larry Ogunjobi is back. Uh, He'll be next to Miles. He is a huge, huge, huge addition to this injury-ridden team. And our D-line needs all the help we can get. Are we going to be able to keep the pressure on Big Ben? Miles Garrett, obviously a stud. Sheldon Richardson's been playing great. Olivier Vernon playing great when he can play. Um, It's really going to be determined in the trenches. Can we keep the pressure on Ben, stop the run, cause Ben to make dumb throws to our outside cornerbacks? Uh, Ward and Terrence Mitchell have been playing great. The Browns have really been struggling kind of at the middle of the field guarding those deep balls, but we're going to figure it out. Hopefully, it's going to come down to Miles Garrett and the rest of the D-line. Pretty much the whole defense. And the offense, for that matter. But it's going to be good. Pretty optimistic. Let's go, Browns. The injuries certainly a big part of this contest, as well as the Browns' inability to defend the middle of the field as of late. The Browns are definitely going to have to pressure the quarterback. And we'll see if Miles Garrett and his boys are up to the task. And now it's time to flip the field. Although I wonder how we do that without the hammer. And we need to hear about the Steelers defense from Tony Serino. Now, when I go over to the defensive side, the Steelers defense against the Browns offense. Well, this is a very, this is a very intriguing matchup because you've got a great, a great Browns rushing attack with Kareem Hunt. And, and it's going up against an also great run defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers held Saquon Barkley to less than one yard per carry. And if you look back at their game against the Eagles last week, they did a similar thing to Miles Sanders, who, yes, broke off a line, a long 75 or 74-yard run. But other than that, he was 10 carries for just six yards, under one yard per carry on everything other than his big one big run. So if this Steeler defense can be stout in the running game, it's going to put the ball in the hands of Baker Mayfield. And this defense is going to say, we think we can beat Baker Mayfield. Now we've seen the Steelers struggle in coverage this year. They certainly have. And this is going to be a game where they're going to be tested in their discipline. Can they stay disciplined in those moments where this, where you know Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, they're going to go play action. They're going to try and move the pocket in those ways. And they're going to try to find some big plays down the field. We saw the Browns do that last year in this matchup. They certainly will try again on Sunday. The matchup of Steelers defense versus Browns offense seems like one of strength versus strength to me. It's going to be very interesting to see which team emerges from this one with an advantage. So let's hear what Raleigh has to say about the Cleveland Browns offense before we get into the predictions. All righty, let's talk offense. So injuries have been an issue all year on both sides of the ball for our beloved Cleveland Browns franchise. We're going to see how Baker can play after the rib shot he took against the Colts on Sunday. Wyatt Teller, an absolute grizzly bear of an offensive lineman, he's out too. So that sucks. Obviously, we have weapons. Jarvis, OBJ, Hooper, Kareem Hunt. 
to Ernest. Let's go. The Joku. The list goes on and on. But it's going to come down to, can we buy Baker the time he needs? Can we make holes for Kareem Hunt? Can we make holes for Darrenus Johnson? It's going to come down to the trenches. Offensive line, we have one of the best in the league. But the Steelers, they have a hell of a defensive line. That's where the battle is going to be won or lost for both teams, in my opinion. Kevin Stefanski, though, hell of a play caller. It's such a breath of fresh air, and I'm excited. Win or lose, I love you, Kevin. Never leave. But, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be won or lost in the offensive line by the offensive line. You know what I'm saying? I've hammered this point. And your point is well taken. The Browns are going to have to do their part to limit Bud Dupree and TJ Watt in order to matriculate the ball down the field in this contest Sunday. So now let's hear from Tony Serino as he puts on his prognosticator's hat. I think this is going to be a close game. I think these are two evenly matched teams right now. And I'll go with the intangibles here, right? We talked a lot about the X's and O's on on the field. And I think these are, as I said, two very evenly matched teams. But when you look at the success that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had against the Browns in the past, specifically in Heinz Field, Ben Roethlisberger, 23-2-1 against these Cleveland Browns. I expect that we'll see more of that on Sunday. I expect a close Steeler win. I'll go Steelers by three. Tony, I hope you're incorrect about that line, but definitely happy you took the time to join us on Dogs by Nature Radio to share your opinions. He can be found, by the way, at Steelers Country on Twitter. So now let's get to Raleigh of the Dogs of War podcast. What do you think happens in this contest, sir? All righty, prediction time. I think that our O-line is going to overcome their D-line, and I think we're going to do it on the ground. I think we are going to attack with the run relentlessly, keep our offense on the field, keep our defense off the field. Uh, It's going to be some short, sweet throws from Baker. I think he is nursing some kind of an injury. Brown 71, Steelers 10. Final prediction. Let's go. (laughs) Nice, Raleigh. That 61-point margin of victory would be a modern-day record and threaten the all-time total amassed by the Chicago Bears as they throttled Washington in 1940 by a score of 73 to nothing. And while I'm certain the dog pound would relish such a result, not sure that I see such a lopsided affair in this Sunday's contest, I think the Browns' result depends upon two things. Can Garrett and Woods generate pressure with four enough to force mistakes from the Steelers' offense? It gets Stefanski keep that Steelers defense off balance with his unique form of play calling. I think Baker hasn't discussed enough. He's going to have to play a near-perfect game and not turn the ball over. The Steelers defense is particularly good up front, but as a whole, I think the Colts were a tougher task. Still, they gotta slow down Big Ben, who's still on the good side of the Phillip Rivers line. I'm picking the Browns to do just enough in a 38-34 shootout that's decided late in the fourth quarter. And with that, we're going to put this one in the books. Big thanks to Tony Serino of At Steelers Country, as well as to Raleigh of the Dogs of War. Thanks again for having me on, guys. Again, I'm Raleigh, the Angry Browns fans on the Instagram machine. You can also find the Dogs of War podcast on the Twitter machine. And you can listen to the Dogs of War podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to. But more importantly, let's go Browns. God save us, Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett and also Scottish Hammer. Good night, Cleveland. <laughs> nice job, Raleigh. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to make Dogs by Nature Radio a part of your day. Well, that was your Sunday morning post. I'm your host, Thelonious 7, on Dogs by Nature Radio. We're going to go out with our Browns 2020 theme song. Take care.
and go Browns. Yeah, the Northeast West Virginia drinking ketchup, picking fights with towels, talking trash. I'm particularly trying to make it when it's boys. I'm about to set it right. City air tonight. Yeah, the Northeast West Virginia drinking ketchup, picking fights with towels, talking trash. I'm particularly trying to make it when it's boys. I'm about to set it right. It's in the air tonight. we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.